Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is going on, you guys? Oh, I'm feeling good. It has been a while since I've done the Rockney cast. I'm so glad that you're joining me for another fantastic episode. For this episode, we're going to cover The Circadian Code by Dr. Sanshin Panda. So we will cover a number of different topics in this particular episode. This could be life-changing for you. But first of all, I just want to express my infinite gratitude to all of you on the front end. A lot of you have probably been wondering, oh my God, where did he go? I've missed him. What's going on? Well, I've had some personal issues that I've been addressing, but those are all now resolved and we're ready to get started with a number of really good episodes. We're going to be covering a lot of different topics in the weeks and months ahead. So stay tuned for the high quality content on the Rockney cast and thanks for tuning in. So for this episode, we are going to cover something that is deceptively simple, but life-changing. And that is your circadian code, something I really hadn't thought a lot about, but it may be one of the most important things that you've never actually thought about. So for this episode, I'm going to cover how I learned about the circadian code, how it got on my radar, three, three important tips related to when you sleep, when you eat, and your movement throughout the day. And then at the end of this episode, I'm gonna cover how you kind of know whether you need to read this book by Dr. Sanchen Panda um, to see whether your circadian load, your circadian load, I don't wanna go there. Your circadian code is in alignment. Because this is one of these things that if you don't get right, you are going to be suffering a lot of bad things. You could be getting fat. You could be getting insulin resistant. You could be anxious and be like, oh my God, I can't concentrate. Your relationships could deteriorate. You could have anxiety and depression. This is a big deal. And it is a relatively simple thing to address. And we're going to explain how you can get there. So first, I just want to explain how I discovered the circadian code. Many of you probably know, based upon my past episodes on Tokat Ali, which, by the way, is totally taking off. I don't know, some of you dudes out there, I'm going to do some follow-up episodes on Tokat Ali. You know, there's a episode in Joe Rogan where Dr. Andrew Huberman, my major man crush, mentioned Tunkat Ali, the thing that will increase your testosterone. So I, I, I listen to the Huberman lab all the time, and I know that I'll really have made it if you ever can get on one of my episodes, so hopefully that happens someday. But I listen to the Huberman lab, and it's all about optimization of you how you get better sleep, how you get better exercise, how you get better cognitive functioning. And what I love about Dr. Huberman is, is he's not one of these academics that's like, 
what is and whatever will be and like you guys are all like a bunch of losers because you're not a phd he's more like hey i got these really good ideas and i want to share them with you so you can improve your life and he mentioned this dr sanshin panda i believe it was on his episode in um time restricted eating he did a whole episode on that as many of you know that i love intermittent fasting and he talked about the relationship between food and when you eat, how important that is, and aligning your, your food intake with when you eat and when you like the timing of your food take, not necessarily how much you're eating, but the timing. And he mentioned this guy called Dr. Sanchin Panda, and I've had this huge interest in uh, Intermittent fasting, I thought this is a book that really has to be on my radar because it is a very simple intervention that you can make in your life that's going to totally transform your life. And it's free. So, first off, who is Dr. Sunshin Panda? Doesn't that sound like a cool name? Like, what you wish you could be Dr. Sunshin Panda? Um, he's one of these academics, it's kind of like Andrew Huberman. There's, a, there's an emerging group of academics that actually kind of think that their role is actually to share their knowledge with the world in the way that people could actually understand and use to their own benefit. Dr. Sanchin Panda begins with this beautiful vignette. He's a, first of all, he's a doctor of, I believe, circadian biology at the University of California, San Diego. So he's really smart. And what I love this book is he starts this episode, this episode, this book with a moment of gratitude to thank the people of the United States because he was a, essentially a student here on some sort of visa and he was applying for his permanent residency and he submitted his application on September 10th, 2011. And then the next day, of course, September 11th, 2001 occurred and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get my citizenship now. I'm never gonna get my residency even. And he did. And so he starts off the book with a moment of gratitude, thanking the American people for the opportunity to do what he did. And I am so glad that he did because circadian rhythm and your sleep, if you're not sleeping well right now, in terms of when you get up and when you go to bed, that may be the first intervention to start it. And in fact, you know, if I were, you know how like motivational high school speakers, you know, they're usually not very good. And they usually end their last, like their little last little take home. If you, if you guys forget everything you hear and you remember just one thing, remember this one thing. So if I was like the average motivational speaker in a high school, if you just remember one thing, I think in terms of improving your life, your sleep is probably one of the most important things. And a lot of you are kind of like, Oh, yeah, like I need, I need to listen to a podcast to know that I need to learn how to, I need to sleep. But it's much more profound and deep about that because getting your sleep right is so critical to human performance and optimization. Conversely, getting your sleep wrong is a formula for total misery in terms of depression, anxiety, and all of these super negative consequences. So to channel my motivational speaker, you know, like, Matt Foley, if you remember one thing, remember to get your sleep right. 
And so we're going to tell you how to do that and some simple interventions that you can make. The other thing that I love about getting your sleep right and getting your circadian rhythm optimized is it's kind of like intermittent fasting. It doesn't cost a thing. You know, there are so many interventions like the bleeding heart liberals. You're like, oh my God, I, I, could, I could change my life, but I'm not going to because there's, there's all these people that I, I need, the government needs to provide me a program. And here I'm going to channel like a social worker that's like, yeah, well, there's all these different services that we need available. And only if the government would provide more, would we be able to do all these great things, but the government won't. So we're just going to, you know, hold in our butt cheeks and just be all miserable because the government won't solve our life. Well, actually, you don't need the government to optimize your circadian biology and you don't need any money to optimize your human biology. All you need is the knowledge, man. That's all you need. That's all you need. You just need the knowledge and your ass better listen to this whole podcast. You actually learn how to. At this point, you're like, oh my God, he's totally distracted. I'm this far and he hasn't said a goddamn thing. Well, I am going to explain how you can optimize your sleep, your nutrition, and your movement. And it's going to totally transform your life. So the first thing I'm going to do is just talk a little bit about, first of all, what the hell is a circadian rhythm? What does circadian mean? Well, you guys know what a circle is, right? So it's really a function of two words, circa and diem. Yeah, circa and diem. So it's circadian is a um, essentially a mix of those two words. It's kind of like brunch, except it's applied to biology. Circa, diem, circadian. And it is this fascinating area of human biology that really has been developed in the last 20 to 25 years. And it's one of those areas that probably your doc hasn't probably counseled you a lot on because the science is still emerging. And some of the key discoveries only happened in like 2002 through Dr. Sanchin Panda. And, you know, like in the 60s and 70s, like all the scientists knew that circadian biology was something that was in the animal kingdom, right? Bats. When you just get a bat in your house, when do they get out? They get in the night. Bats are nocturnal creatures. Um, the birds, they are creatures that start singing at the crack of dawn. All animals have this beautiful rhythm that is linked to the day. And we've been in harmony with this rhythm for like a billion years. Yeah, you. You at one point, like a billion years ago, your ancestors were like these just little blobs on a rock. And they started like all of a sudden like coming alive. And they're like, oh my God, man, I'm coming alive. And they started to rhythmically adapt to the sun. And then as we evolved into human beings, we started this, this natural evolutionary rhythm that was in alignment with the sun. And in the 70s and 80s, a lot of scientists were like, wait a minute, we are animals. I mean, hey, by the way, I'm a total Lutheran Christian, but I do believe in evolution. I do believe in Charles Darwin. And this is something that is just undoubtedly, you know, indisputable, that we are creatures of evolutionary biology. And for so long, I think because we had this, you know, I love the Greeks, but they had this whole mind-body thing and soul 
and that humans, we kind of exempted ourselves. And I think Christians kind of, we did this a little bit. We exempted ourselves from the animal kingdom. Well, all we really are is we are evolved monkeys. I'm sorry, we are. I am, you are. And we are rhythmically adapted throughout the day. So if you do not get in alignment with your circadian biology, you likely are going to feel totally miserable. And it's actually a major crisis costing our country billions of dollars a year. And it's of relatively recent origin. And why is that? Well, first off, up until about the Industrial Revolution, there was no need at all to worry about circadian biology. And why is that? Well, the reason why that is, is that, is that circadian biology is related to light. And in particular, the light that comes from the sun, the visible light spectrum, and for the most part, the intense light from the sun, the blue light is something that for thousands and millions of years emerged in the morning. And then in the evening, obviously it went down and we had no ability to be able to extend that blue light throughout the day. Well, what, what's Dr. Sunshine Panda's key contribution? In 2002, he and other scientists, 2002, which is like 20 years ago, I was still in law school when this stuff was being discovered. Actually, actually I'd already graduated from law school. 20, I was 27 years old. So they discovered something called melanopsin and channel my high school motivational speaker. If you remember only one thing, remember this from the podcast. It's melanopsin. Well, what the hell is melanopsin? Melanopsin is a light sensing protein that tells your brain whether to wake up or to go to sleep and whether your brain should release certain chemicals that make you active or make you sleepy. That's it, melanopsin. And if you learn how light and melanopsin will get you to wake up and go to sleep, you're gonna totally optimize your life. Why is sleep so important? What happens when you sleep? Well, obviously you kind of all know that you need to sleep. And if you don't sleep, you're miserable, but it's more even more profound than that. When you sleep, there should be another name for sleep. It should be called life-generating, muscle-building, youth-generating process. Yeah, I'm going to like attack the like old Anglo-Saxons. Sleep doesn't really explain what it does. It should explain what it does. Sleep gives you life, makes you look younger, makes you burn fat, regenerates your skin, your cells, your eyes, your energy, everything. It's the process by which you renew you. And if you don't optimize it, it's hard to burn fat. It's hard to create muscle. It's hard to have memory consolidation. It's where your skin and gut lining get repaired. It's where your muscle repairs. It's where you get, if you're optimized and you get into deep sleep, you get releases of growth hormone. And if you don't optimize your sleep, you can't optimize your day. 
And so here's where once they really learned that there's this thing called melanopsin, um, Dr. Sanchin Panda, what I love about this book is he's also like Dr. Andrew Huberman in that he, a lot of professors think their knowledge is going to change the world or that everyone should care. But especially like if you're in the social sciences and you're kind of an asshole professor, you're like, oh, well, you're too, you, you're too dumb to be able to understand what, what I've said. And it's all, the whole goal is to make everything complicated. You can't even read poetry unless you have a PhD. You can't even read. I had one person tell me once, you're not a historian unless you actually have a doctorate. Without a doctorate, you aren't anything. Well, Dr. Sanchin Panda, total badass. And Dr. Andrew Huberman, my major man crush, disagreed. They're like, no, the point of academia is to improve people's lives and to present it in a public, in a way in which guys like me can understand. So the key finding of the book and the key recommendation of the book as it pertains to light and sleep is as follows. Optimize your access to light. How do you do that? And here I wanna focus on a key time frame that's outlined and totally read this book and buy it because I can't explain everything in this book. And don't be so lazy, do your own reading. Don't rely on the wrapping cast. All of that is what I'm here for. So I can read the books and share the knowledge. But as it relates to light, I wanna focus on a key change. Like where do you start in terms of getting the light right? Well, I'll tell you where you start. The key time frame to focus on is between 6 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. That is the key time frame in terms of access to light. Well, first of all, what triggers the melanopsin, this light sensing protein? It is blue light. The light that is the most intense light of the visible light spectrum that you get from access to the sun, okay? So why is this important? And why are all of us just totally miserable? We're like, oh my God, I haven't slept in like a week. Well, it's because now that we have these things called cell phones, oh my God, these things are like, Oh, geez. These guys are like, you know, the, the cell phone is something that is something that emits blue light. And so why is that important? And what else emits blue light? Computer screens emit blue light. TVs emit blue light. And cell phones obviously emit blue light. These are, the, these are kind of the big three blue light emitters. Well, if you're emitting blue light throughout the day, and especially in the evening, that is when your circadian biology is starting to shut down. That's where you're getting your melatonin to rise and you should start feeling sleepy. But one of the problems that we have is when you go to bed with your cell phone, when you're watching Netflix until 1130 at night, when you're stuffing your pie hole at 1130, all of those different things are telling your brain to be awake. And when your brain is awake, what does it emit? It emits like a stress hormone and the, and the, and the energy and, the, and the, like things like cortisol, for example, to tell you to be awake and uh, be alive and to be movement and other hormones as well. And what it does is it instructs your brain to get your melatonin down so you're awake. 
Well, the problem with that is that if you're awake, you can't get to sleep and your mind starts racing. And if you can't get to sleep, then you're not going to get this deep restorative sleep that will give you youth, that will build your muscles, that will help you burn fat. So that's the first take home is that limit your access to blue light, especially between six and 10. A lot of you are like, well, you know, I really want to, um, I want to watch Netflix. I really have to do it. Okay. Well, you can do that, but it's very critical that at least within one or two hours that you try to limit your blue light. I know that there are blue light blocking glasses and he doesn't take a super big position on that. At least I recall from the book, but that might be something you'd want to try, especially in the evening. So limit blue light in the evening. That's tip number one. The flip side of that is, is that then if you get to sleep at the right time and you get eight to nine hours, which is what he recommends for adults. And then in the morning, this is the other key tip, you get exposure to the sun. Take a 10 to 15 minute walk in the morning. And if you're too lazy, just go outside and just look up into the sky and start getting that blue light. That will then activate your um, tell your body to lower the melatonin and to get your body ready for the day and to tell your brain, now is time to be awake. Now is time to get things done. So those are really two key findings relating to light. When you expose yourself to light. Now, throughout the day, there's a number of different things that he recommends. Access to natural light throughout the day. Now, one of the things that I have done to some degree, as you can see, I got blue eyes and I have sensitive eyes to the sun, but I used to always wear sunglasses. And for the most part, I still do wear sunglasses sometimes, but I've even tried to limit my access to sunglasses during the day uh, because sunglasses block the blue light. That's their intended function. Well, what's the problem with that is that it's not, it, it's, it's affecting your circadian biology and it's basically, if you're blocking the blue light, you're not, you, you, you could be blocking your, your body might think it start, needs to go into sleep, right? And it also kind of gets you in rhythm with the circadian biology. So if you're wearing a lot of sunglasses, you think it looks cool or something like that, try to just take them off from time to time. Now, don't, now if you're going to go skiing during the day and you're going to go hike the Himalayas, don't like take off your sunglasses and get, you know, blindness, right? I'm not telling you to do that. Have some judgment, people. I thought you said to take off sunglasses. Like, use your own judgment on this. But here, any change that you make, whether it's this or intermittent fasting or any new protocol that I recommend, start slowly and try it out and get used to it and adapt. But I think that might be one thing, too, if you're sleeping, if you're not sleeping right. So when you expose yourself to blue light is absolutely key. And so in summary, for this first little part, limit your blue light between six and 10 in the evening. And if you still wanna watch your Netflix, try some light blue light blocking glasses and to lower your lights in the evening. The orange lights, the red lights do not impact the melanopsin in the same way. And in the morning, expose yourself to blue light in the form of the sun and get out and start moving and just, just get that exposure. And then during the day, if you're an office worker, it's very critical. If you're stuck inside all day, do try to get out at least for your lunch break and spend 15 to 30 minutes in the sun. 
so that you're getting this access to that. And if you're not an office worker, try to get outside um, so that you can get this exposure so that you get in the sync of the rhythms of the day. So that's tip number one. So tip number two relates to when you eat. So this second tip relates to when you eat. And friends, this is super important. And I came across this topic again through Andrew Huberman, my major man crush, because he had talked about the relationship between when you eat and fat burning. And so that's one of the reasons why I read this entire book, because it's very, very important. So I'll share with you when I was 300 pounds and I look like this. Um, I, here was my, here's what my evening routine was like. I would eat dinner around 6.30, 7.30. Um, usually then get a box of wine and sit down and watch some Netflix um, with my family, right? And so what would happen would be is that I would then ingest the calories throughout the evening in the form of the, um, in the, form of the wine and I've already eaten my dinner. Of course, what does alcohol do? It's an appetite stimulant. And usually then I'd close the evening with something healthy, which it is healthy, but a little cereal. So here's what I would do. I'd do a, little, I'd do a couple bowls of cereal. And then I would have some blueberries and um, milk. And so I was like, blueberries, milk, cereal, good to go. Why was I putting out, why was I 300 pounds? I mean, I'm eating healthy. I'm not eating junk food. But what's the problem here? as it relates to circadian biology, is I want you to think about a series of triggers. What triggers you to be awake and what triggers you to, put, to, to be asleep? Well, light, melanopsin, class, are you listening? Is one thing that will tell your body to be awake. But probably the second most important thing is food. Food tells your body to be awake and food is a signal to your brain that I need to be awake. And why is that important? And this is, this is why it's important as it pertains to weight loss. If you have been trying to lose weight and you've been stuck, look at the timing of when you eat and why. Because here's something that he's very clear on, and this is very clear from the research on that he's done and published in peer-reviewed journals relates to weight loss while you sleep. And here's why that's important. You cannot burn and store fat at the same time. Let me repeat that again. You cannot burn and store fat at the same time. When is your key weight loss really occurring? It's when you sleep. Well, how does that relate to when you're eating, as explained by Dr. Sachin Panda and a lot of other people like Dr. Jason Fung and everyone that basically adopts, um, probably Gary Tobbs thinks this, people that believe in the insulin theory of obesity. By the way, that's still the minority view. So a lot of you are like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's calories in, calories out. I'm not a calories in, calories out person, so. Um, but here's the key. When I was eating, when 300 pound Rockne was eating at the end of the evening, what was happening with inside my body as it applied to circadian biology? I was telling my body to be awake. 
And, and once your body is and to receive calories, why is that bad? Is that when you're not moving and you're receiving calories, where, what, what is likely to happen? You're likely to store fat. The other thing is too, is that you are uh, triggering an insulin response. And what does insulin do? Insulin is a fat storage hormone that then brings the body into your cells for energy and the parts that it cannot get in for purposes of energy in the form of your glucose is stored as fat. And that is obviously a delayed process after you eat. So if you eat at 1030 at night and then you go to sleep, your body then is in a fat storage mode when it should be in a fat burning mode. So as it applies to Dr. Sachin Panda's work, he recommends an eating window. So he's kind of a, he's not a hardcore faster. He, rec he recommends a very moderate eating window of time-restricted eating, which for me is kind of like almost not time-restricted eating, but he recommends from that you eat between your first meal of the day at about 7.30 or 8, and that you eat your last meal of the day at about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. So he really recommends a 10 hour eating window. And when you're outside of that eating window, you can eat, you can have some liquids, you can have some coffee, but alcohol, if you're going to drink every day, which I don't advise you to do, you should do that before dinner or at dinner. You should not do it right before you go to bed because that's also signal it can trigger an insulin response. And it also signals to your organ, your organ start has to, your, your liver has to start processing those toxins. It's telling your body to be awake. So when your body should be in the repair, life-giving rejuvenation mode, which is what we call sleep, your body is in the, the fixing, trying to discharge toxins, the fat storage mode. So that is something that he really strongly recommends that you not eat. So now, now one thing that I do not do that he recommends, and I'll tell you why, is his recommendation is that your biggest meal of the day should be in the morning when you're more insulin sensitive and your body is more likely to receive the nutrients and optimally use the nutrients that um, you're eating so that it doesn't get to, the more optimally you use that, the more likely you are not to store the fat. Why don't I do that? Um, I probably should. I probably should have an eating window where I'm eating my, my meals you know, early in the day and then fasting throughout the rest of the day. Well, the reason I don't do that, it's just very, it's just very um, simple um, because eating is a social thing. And for dinner, um, you eat with your family. And so I don't want to really impair or impinge um, that social time because social functioning is very important too. Um, for your rest, your recharge, and those sorts of things. So it's, it's mainly a conscious choice that I'm making, but I am not optimizing by eating in the evening. You should be having your biggest meal in the morning. Now, if that's not as big a deal for you, you and your family don't eat every, um, your meals together, um, consider eating your biggest meal of the day in the morning. And then he also clearly, I haven't talked to him about this, but it seems like Dr. Panda is clearly... Uh, essentially adapting or adopting this sort of insulin theory of obesity model um, because he really talks about insulin sensitivity and avoiding sugars and these sorts of things. So the timing of your eating is absolutely important. So in summary class, if you've been listening, I hope you're still there um, for 
timing of eating, biggest meal of the day should be breakfast and the lightest meal of the day should be dinner. You should not eat anything after 6.30 to seven. You should give your body at least two to three hours to get that food out of your system and to not have any insulin response just so that you're going to bed in an optimal state so you can burn fat, rejuvenate your skin, rejuvenate your muscles, get the growth hormone, get the rejuvenation youth process called sleep optimized. In the morning, you should wait basically about an hour to allow your body to kind of wake up, be a little bit active, and then consider doing your first meal of the day um, relating, you know, essentially 7.30 or eight, um, and then basically have a, essentially a 10 hour eating window. So, and then with your light, limit your light exposure after six o'clock and start getting it within a half hour to 45 minutes of the time that you awake. So those are points one and point two. So point three, this gets into sort of a very important topic, which is, well, when the hell do I exercise? And this is another interesting topic too, because ultimately it's not how much you exercise, it's when you exercise uh, daily and when your body is most primed for exercise. So a couple different things with this. Let me also share a habit that I have. And this one really wasn't necessarily a bad habit, um, but it does affect this life-giving youth youth regeneration process called sleep quite significantly, which is I also used to kind of try to exercise even when I was 300 pounds, it wasn't totally dysfunctional. I did still exercise, it just didn't do much for me. But I would exercise late in the evening. Um, at the time I was living at the University of I in Iowa City and I'd go down to the gym and I would exercise, you know, 7.30, 8.39, something like that and get back around 9.30 and then, you know, go to bed and, and usually eat a meal which we know why that's bad. Why is that bad? Because when you're exercising um, late in the evening, it's stressful and it sends cortisol to your brain and it's a signal to be awake. You move, movement is consistent with being awake. Exercise does not make you sleepy while you're doing it. It will afterwards, but not while you're doing it. And there's some recovery time that you're in an active, stressful state. So do try to limit your exercise um, in the evening. And the best form of exercise in the evening is an after dinner walk so that you can absorb some of the meal that you've eaten to make your body more insulin sensitive, start relaxing you for the evening and to gently get yourself into this peaceful, restful state that we call sleep. What is the optimal part? Well, here he to exercise, here he talks about as, as cavemen and women, uh, when we were evolving, when was our most active time of the day? Well, you would get up and you would hunt for tubers and berries in the morning, early morning activity. And at the end of the day, you would also do hunting and these sorts of things. You would try to hunt the mastodon at the end of the day and hopefully kill it and to be able to then rest and digest in the evening uh, for your parasympathetic nervous system. So when is your body most primed to, to, to accept the benefits and to optimize the benefits of exercise? Here he recommends between 3 and 5.30 in the afternoon. Now here's just going to be a practical matter. Who the hell is available to exercise at 3.30 to 5 in the afternoon? That's a good question. But if you're retired or you have a job where it's an option for you and you have a choice, you should consider that in terms of an exercise time frame. Um, because that then will allow you to then optimize your nutrient intake. And then you will get sleepy from that. And hopefully you're doing that maybe outside. 
then you can get sort of good, uh, essentially optimization of your sleep and your exercise in the afternoon. So here, in terms of intensity of exercise, he thinks that in the morning, when you get that a morning walk, 15 to 30 minutes, will get that melanopsin that will optimize your brain, you'll get movement, you'll start getting ready for the day. Your most intense exercise should be between three and 5.30 in the afternoon. And what happens when you optimize exercise and time-restricted eating together? Well, here's where you start seeing this, seeing this synergy um, between the two concepts. You get increased muscle repair to help sustain, to build your muscle mass, but also increased physical activity helps you soak up the glucose from the exercise. So essentially you get the double benefits. And then if you're getting your circadian rhythm optimized, that once your, uh, your exercise breaks down your muscle, so you need to make sure that you're optimizing that time with sleep, all your muscle repair is really occurring while you're sleeping. So if you're not optimizing your sleep, you're wasting your time for your exercise because you're breaking down your muscle without the opportunity to restore and repair itself. So that is sort of connecting, those are kind of three, three key tips from the book. Optimize your light and when, and when you get exposed to the blue light, when you reduce yourself um, to the blue light, when you, when you eat and when you shouldn't eat and when you move and when you shouldn't move. And if you optimize all these three things together, you're gonna completely transform your life. So. Isn't that really cool? And finally, and this is something I promised at the beginning of this episode, how do you know if your circadian rhythm is in sync or not? Well, first off, if you're having trouble sleeping and you're having trouble getting up, your circadian rhythm is probably all effed up. So I would recommend if you wanna start trying to getting that lined up, start limiting your blue light and your eating between this critical window of six to 12, okay? And once you start getting that, you should start and try it over time. It's not gonna happen overnight, but once you start getting that optimized and then you start waking up, here's how you're gonna know that your circadian rhythm is in sync. If you wake up and you're feeling tired, you're, you are not aligning your circadian rhythm. But if you wake up and you're feeling like you're awake, you are optimized. So on the front end, so once you start this process of exposing yourself to light in the morning and limiting your light in the evening, and then throughout the day, making sure something as simple as taking off your sunglasses for a little bit while you're driving, so you're getting more of the blue light. Because the more intense the blue light is during the day, it's kind of a little bit like a healthy roller coaster. You're lowering your melatonin throughout the day, but then the rebound to rise in the evening. The problem with our modern lights is none of us are wired for that. So the melatonin goes all over the place. The body's getting all the signals in terms of what it should be doing. And the body's like, oh my God, I have no idea what I should be doing. And you get sick. And then you go to the doctor and your doctor starts giving you a lot of pills. And you're even worse off because they're not really optimizing a lot of this stuff. So, you know, for my high school motivational speaker, if you 
can optimize your sleep through knowledge of your own circadian biology. And please buy this book. And if you do, send a thank you note to Dr. Sachin Panda at the University of San Diego, Cal University of California, San Diego, and tell him Rockney Cole told you to buy this book and that he should be on my podcast. Buy this book. I'll put a link down in the show notes. Hit subscribe too. If you're already here, you should hit subscribe so I can build up my listenership and we can continue creating this awesome content. So what do I have in store for the Rockney cast? I'm going to be doing a lot of interviews. I'm going to do a lot of sharing a lot of the health stuff that I've been learning. I'm eventually going to start getting a travel, Driftless travel show um, that I really want to try to do. So we're going to do a lot of good things. And my goal is to basically release my each episode essentially on Tuesday evening. And then I'm going to promote the hell out of it on Wednesday. At least once a week, we're going to be trying to do episodes of the Rockney cast and keep spreading the word. If you're here this far, tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell, tell your mom, hey mom, oh my God, my life was miserable before I started listening to the Rocky Cat and now it's really great. Tell your mom, your grandma, your cousins, your kids. I've tried to limit my swearing as much as possible so the kids can't, you know, you know, so they can't complain about it. But occasionally you got to swear a little bit, but I'm going to try to be wholesome, spread the word uh, because I have so much gratitude. If you're still here, I have so much gratitude to you. And I want to tell you the things that I'm going to discuss, almost all of them are going to be free. Knowledge about when you eat, knowledge about how to exercise with your own body weight, knowledge about when you should sleep and move. All of it's free. And it's all just through study and knowledge and what I'm starting to acquire in middle age, which is wisdom. So continue to tune in to episodes of the Rockney Cast. Infinite gratitude to each one of you if you've made it through this far. We're going to continue to put on high-quality episodes, and we are going to work together to build this growing community of members of the Rockney Cast. And I have so much gratitude, and we will continue to do it. Together, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Thank you so much. Until next time on the Rockney Cast.